Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod Sleep Stories. My name is Laura, and tonight, I will be your guide as we explore the classic romance tale, A Room with a View, in a new light, unwinding with a beautiful story of long-lasting love set against the stunning backdrop of Italy and England. But, before we begin, let us take some time to relax and find comfort in the space that we are in now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress. There are no expectations here and now. No obligations. This is your time to simply be and listen to what your body needs. Do not stress. Your body knows exactly what it wants, and it will take care of you. All you have to do is listen to the sound of my voice, and allow your imagination to follow me to calm, peaceful places. With your eyes closed and your body slowly relaxing, try and imagine a meadow. This is a meadow that belongs to you, and only you. It is something of your creation that you can find comfort in. You can craft it to be whatever you need it to be. Is your meadow a beautiful bright green? Does it have flowers peppered across it? Can you smell the daisies, roses and sunflowers on the breeze? Or perhaps your meadow is just made of tall grass that sways in the steady wind. Perhaps there are willow trees or old steady oak trees in your meadow. And what does your sky look like? Is it bright blue and sunny, warming your body and lulling you to sleep? Or perhaps your sky is dark and cloudy, giving you time to unwind and appreciate how beautifully the grass pops against it. Whatever your meadow and sky may look like, try and picture yourself lying down in the grass 
Really feel the softness of the plants on your skin. As you lie there, taking in what the nurturing earth is giving you, take a deep breath. As we take a moment to focus on our breath, let us discover the ways in which our breath can help us unwind. As you breathe in, try and picture the grass around you blowing towards you. As you hold your breath, feel the soft tickle of that grass against your skin. And as you exhale, Imagine the grass blowing away from you, rippling in magnificent green hues. Breathe in for one, two, three, four, five. Hold that breath, feeling the grass on your skin for one, two, Three, four, five. And exhale, watching the grass blow away for one, two, three, four, five. Breathe in for one, two, three, four, five. Hold that breath, feeling the grass on your skin for one, two, three, four, five. And exhale, watching the grass blow away for one, two, three, four, five. Breathe in. For one, two, three, four, five. Hold that breath, feeling the grass on your skin. For one, two, three, four, five. And exhale, watching the grass blow away. For one, two, three, four, five. Breathe in for one, two, three, four, five. Hold that breath, feeling the grass on your skin for one, two, three, four, five. And exhale, watching the grass blow away for one, two, three, four, five. Now that we've taken the time to unwind and find comfort in the space that we are in, let us begin. 
Lucy had never seen a city so beautiful, and she had never felt quite so free. The sun seemed to shine brighter here in Florence than it did in England. She could feel it kissing her fair skin all day, leaving her with the satisfying feeling of sunshine that seemed to follow her all day, no matter what bakery or church or library she tucked herself into. But it wasn't just the feeling of the sun in Florence that made her feel so alive. It was the architecture and the people too. The stone streets were alive with people whose lives were very different to hers back home. Well-dressed men and women sat outside cafes sipping frothy coffees as they exchanged warm stories. Lucy loved the sound of the Italian language, rolling off people's tongues and echoing through the streets and buildings that had housed people and shops dating back to Michelangelo's time. She loved watching the expression in their eyes, the way they put their emotions on the table for everyone to see. Back home, the community she was in was closed off, stuffy. But here, everything was different. As she meandered through the streets, she couldn't help but get a little spring in her step. She wanted to dance with strangers to bite down on the stunning, freshly baked pastries that seemed to be beckoning her from every glass storefront she passed by. She wanted to experience life. But there was someone with her that was going to make that a bit more challenging than she would have liked. Her cousin and chaperone, Charlotte, trailed behind her, urging her to slow down. Lucy couldn't help but roll her eyes with a smirk. Charlotte was an older woman, a woman much more set in the traditional way of things. But Lucy, she was starting to branch out. She was starting to enjoy different flavours of life that she didn't even know existed. And this trip, this journey to Italy, it was going to be the trip that changed her life. She just didn't know how much until they arrived at their hotel. Though they were promised rooms with views of the stunning river Arno that weaved through the city, they walked into their rooms to discover that that is not at all what they were given. They found themselves in a room overlooking a drab courtyard, perhaps the drabbest in all of Florence. In the midst of complaining, two men approached the ladies with smiles. 
When Lucy turned around to greet the men, her breath stopped in her throat for a moment. It was something about the father and son that made Lucy's heart skip a beat. They had a relaxed air about them, an open and vulnerable air. These weren't the closed-off, cold men that Lucy had grown so accustomed to in her social circles back home. These men were much more casual. They introduced themselves, the father as Mr. Emerson and the son as George. As they spoke, Lucy couldn't help but steal some glances at George. He slouched a bit as he stood. His sleeves were rolled up a bit over his forearms, exposing toned muscles and a sleek watch. He had one hand tucked into the pocket of his charcoal grey pants, which appeared to be brand new. But his shoes, well, they were far from brand new. Worn and peppered, with bits of dirt and soil, they had a story to tell. Lucy wondered to herself if George knew what each scuff mark was from. Had he scraped his shoes on a moonlit night, wandering through the stone streets? Had he torn them up travelling along the coast here? dragging luggage and a notebook full of tales of his travels along with him. Perhaps the soil was from an afternoon napping under olive trees, on the rolling hills of the nearby town. Perhaps they were from a picnic he had journeyed to. She knew at first glance that George was a man of adventure, a man who had travelled, and seen more than she had. Her eyes drifted up to his shirt, the white button down, marred by some wrinkles here and there. He had the top two buttons undone, and the edge of his collar seemed to brush against his neck, softened by wear. His leather suspenders were taut over his broad shoulders, she was used to men in full suits, not this casual artist look standing before her. And yet, she was already quite fond of it. This was a man that seemed to have bigger concerns than appealing to others. When she dared, she raised her gaze to meet his eye. His blue eyes had a kind of childlike joy to them, as if the days of discovery and exploration weren't at all behind him. When others spoke, he lowered his brow and narrowed his eyes slightly, as though he was listening intently, taking in each and every word that was said. He had golden blonde hair, that fell rather winsomely on his brow. On occasion, he mindlessly ran his muscular hands through it, 
when his eyes flicked over to Lucy, she averted her gaze to Charlotte. A little did Lucy know, George was regarding her the same exact way. She was dressed in the finest clothes, a white and brown dress, perfectly tailored. The square neck seemed to frame her fair collarbones, catching them in the light. Her thick hair was dark blonde and fell around her shoulders with curls that nearly took his breath away. Whenever she moved, her locks would sway and bounce with her, carrying a weight of their own. He found himself smiling any time she turned her head or nodded. Then, when he looked at her, he was truly breathless. She had blue eyes, much more stunning than his own. There seemed to be flakes of silver and icy cyan within them that glistened any time she smiled. Her cheeks were tinged with a pale pink that nearly matched her lips. When others spoke, she would offer them a warm smile and nod. And when she was truly listening, she would tuck her fingers underneath her chin, just against her neck, and rest them there. On occasion, she would tap her fingers, as if moving them to the beat of a melody that only she could hear. Mr. Emerson offered to switch rooms with Lucy and Charlotte. They had a room with a view of the river, but had no need. Women like looking at that view. Men don't, Mr. Emerson said, urging Lucy and Charlotte to take the room. Charlotte declined the offer rather quickly, and Lucy knew exactly why. The Emersons weren't people of high society. They didn't speak with flowery words or overly kind phrases. They simply spoke. However, after some convincing, Lucy and Charlotte agreed to take the room. As Lucy tried to bring her luggage into the room, George intercepted her, taking over the luggage with a warm smile. No lady should have to carry her own luggage, he muttered, bringing the luggage to the door. Lucy thanked him, her heart fluttering. As he turned and went into the new room, Lucy watched him leave. Perhaps there were more adventures to be had in Florence. Perhaps there were even adventures with him by her side. The following day, Lucy journeyed into the city with a novelist, Eleanor. Eleanor promised to show Lucy the real city, but on a journey to Santa Croce, one of the most beautiful churches in all of Italy. The two found themselves lost. Lucy didn't mind terribly. Every new street was a slice of Italy she had never seen before. And my, were they beautiful. Soon, however, 
Lucy found herself alone. Eleanor bounded off to greet an acquaintance, leaving Lucy to find her way around the city by herself. She wandered through the streets, smiling at people as she passed, and there was a buzz in the air, a heaviness that could only mean one thing, rain. She watched from a cast iron table at the edge of a cafe as the dark clouds slowly swept across the sky, bringing with them a summer chill and dampness that often makes one reflective and sentimental. Wanting to seek shelter before the storm, Lucy rose from the table and turned through an alleyway to her surprise, she found herself in a piazza, and in the centre of the piazza was none other than the church she had been searching for earlier. She stood in the courtyard for a long moment, marvelling at the sheer beauty of the building's architecture. The intricate stonework and glasswork was simply breathtaking, a reminder of how incredible mankind's creations can truly be. She stood there until the first raindrops of the summer storm began to fall from the sky. Refreshing her skin as they pitter-pattered across her and the pavement around her, she meandered into the church, closing the door behind her. Her clothes were slightly damp to the touch, and the warm glow of the candles lining the inside of the massive church calmed her. Despite the impressive magnitude of the impossibly high ceilings within the church, it felt cosy and comforting in a way few places do. Deeper within the church, a melody danced through the air. A calm song played on an organ. As she tiptoed through the building, following the sound, she stepped into a hallway, illuminated by flickering candles. The candles seemed to shimmer, against the stained glass windows on either side. And, in the middle of the hall, there was a familiar face smiling back at her. George. He regarded her with surprise, but the surprise quickly shifted to concern. He could see that she was dripping wet. With no hesitation, he slipped off his overcoat offering it to her. Lucy protested, but George insisted. God wouldn't want a lady freezing in his house, after all. He gently placed the jacket over her shoulders. An aroma washed over her as she nestled herself inside the jacket. It was the smell of old books, of fresh coffee 
of blooming flowers and earthy sandalwood. It put her at ease. She wondered where George had picked up all those scents. In his jacket, she felt safe. With his presence around her, things felt right. George tried not to share too much, and yet he struggled to pull his eyes away from Lucy. The jacket dwarfed her small frame. He couldn't help but notice that her dainty fingers traced the edge of the jacket, drawing it closer against her on occasion. It brought a smile to his lips. Lucy confessed to George that she didn't exactly know her way back to the hotel. George offered to show her the way, softly taking her by the arm. What about the rain? Lucy asked as they neared the stunning doors of the church. We'll wait somewhere until the rain clears, George replied. And that's exactly what they did. George led her out of the church and the two scurried across the courtyard as the rain picked up around them. By then, the rain had stirred up an invigorating freshness that put both George and Lucy into a dreamy state. And they weren't the only ones. The streets that had only minutes ago been alive with tourists, locals, and shopkeepers alike were now completely empty. Overhead, locals popped open their windows, inviting the sound of the falling rain into their homes. Lucy gazed up as they walked, watching the rain as it cascaded off the bright flowers in window boxes and trailed down the artistic ironwork that surrounded every balcony. George led Lucy to a small cafe on the corner of the piazza. It was homey, so tiny that only four people could sit inside at a time. And yet, they were the only ones there. They settled down at a table directly in front of the large glass window overlooking the street. The aroma of fresh coffee and pastries filled the building, casting a feeling of serenity over the whole space. As they sat there, no words were exchanged for quite some time. Their gaze went out the window, watching as the rain fell in big, heavy droplets. They listened to the pitter-patter, 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 their hearts beating in unison with the rhythm of the sky. They were so transfixed by the summer rain that they almost didn't notice the waiter approaching to take their order. Lucy ordered herself a hot chocolate much to the waiter's dismay, and George ordered himself a tea. For the pastries, 
George joyfully told the waiter to surprise them with his own favourites. It wasn't something a society man would do. And yet, Lucy found it charming. Perhaps that is exactly why she found it charming. They sat there for quite some time, talking about their lives in a quiet tone. Behind their conversation, they could hear the clouds of frothing milk and the steady rhythm of bread being made by the owner of the bakery. Brand new aromas filled the air now. A smell of dark melted chocolate, of warming cinnamon, of sugar and bread and tart sweet raspberries. It was dreamy, as though they had this heavenly bakery all to themselves. Lucy clung to every word that George said, and George did the same. They spoke in calm, low tones, discussing things with a musical quality. They each questioned, then answered, Questioned, then answered. Questioned, then answered. Questioned, then mused about possible answers together. The conversation felt like a slow, relaxed stroll through a garden, rather than a walk down a busy street. When the waiter brought their food and drinks over, Lucy was in awe. Steam from her hot chocolate rose into the air, drifting up to the ceiling in a fragrant gossamer. There was cinnamon sprinkled across the foam on top, which was so white and fluffy, it put summer clouds to shame. Across from her, George was greeted with an equally appealing tea. It was a black tea. Even from across the table, Lucy could smell the apricots in it. She watched as George poured in cream, observing the way the waves of white swirled and transformed his dark tea into a honey-like drink, just as sweet. The pastries before them were a marvel in themselves. Golden brown cannoli, overflowing with sweet cream, drizzled with chocolate in a beautiful crosshatch. Chocolate brioche, perfectly flaky and warm to the touch. And some kind of raspberry tart, sprinkled with sugar that looked like the first dusting of snow just before Christmas. The two sat there for hours, slowly drinking their warm, delicious drinks, watching the rain and sharing the pastries they ordered. Those few hours full of hushed conversation with no chaperones and no expectations would change their lives forever even if they didn't know it just yet.
But there was one thing they both knew for sure. They liked one another. George loved the way that Lucy's eyes sparkled when she talked about things she loved. He loved the way her voice would waver in a little higher, losing control with passion as she explained her favourite poets and authors. He loved the way she closed her eyes when she took a bite of pastry, as if that would somehow allow her to savour it even more. And Lucy, she found plenty of things to love about George as well. She loved the way he held his teacup, wrapping his fingers around the cup from above, rather than grabbing the handle. He would hold it like that and swirl it on occasion, in front of his face, whenever he was deep in thought. She loved the way he stuck his tongue out the slightest bit when he laughed, as if his joy couldn't be contained. She loved the way in which he'd reach for her on occasion in moments of intense connection and shared laughter, but would then catch himself and shy away. When the rain stopped, the two journeyed back to the hotel together, meandering through the rain-soaked streets in no particular hurry. Now the air was fresher than ever, and there were plenty of novel, exciting opportunities for them, just on the horizon. Later that week, Lucy found herself on a trip with her cousin, the Emersons, and others. They travelled to a scenic area above Florence, where they could take in the beauty of the city. After a slight miscommunication with the drivers, caused by Lucy's poor Italian skills, she found herself stepping out of a carriage and into a garden, where George was taking in the view of the city below. She wandered through the sea of roses, violets, and wisteria to reach him. And truly, the sight of her caught him by surprise. In front of them, the sun was beginning to set over the distant mountains. The sky was painted a watercolour of oranges, yellows, reds and pinks, creating the finest masterpiece either of them had ever seen. George turned his gaze to Lucy. The colours of the setting sun illuminated her in a warm glow that took his breath away. Behind her, the purple violets contrasted the orange light. It was so breathtaking, so stunning, so utterly beautiful, that George was overcome by emotion. He leaned forward, gently wrapping his hand around the back of Lucy's neck. He drew her closer, pressing his lips into hers. In that moment, the rest of the world faded away. 
It was simply them, surrounded by violets, soaking in the view of Florence in the glow of the setting sun. When they pulled apart, Lucy lingered by his lips for a moment. Her fingers danced against his collarbones as she gazed into his eyes. It was the first time she had ever felt love, and she had no idea that it was the first time he had as well. They wanted to stay in that moment forever, to hold each other and embrace on this stunning mountaintop. But that wasn't possible. They looked to the side to see Charlotte standing beside them, staring at them in shock. The next day, Lucy continued on to Rome with Charlotte. Charlotte promised that she wouldn't tell Lucy's parents about George, but that was the last thing on Lucy's mind. As they travelled through Rome, taking in the beautiful scenery, she found her mind drifting back to George. She wondered what he was doing. She ached for the sound of his laugh, for the way he looked at her, even in ordinary moments. And back in Florence, George did the same. He wandered the streets, wishing she was by his side. Almost every day, he'd journey back to the small cafe where they sat together and order a hot chocolate. He'd sit there, soaking in the steam, daydreaming about their time together on that rainy day not so long ago. But life continued on. Lucy travelled back to England after months of adventure to rejoin the society she had been raised in. She found herself engaged to a man in those social circles, named Cecil. Most days she thought of George, but assured herself that she would never see him again. Only, she did see him again. In fact, she saw him many more times. He visited her family estate as a friend of her brother, complicating Lucy's feelings for him even more. She urged him to go away, and George agreed, but not before he told Lucy the truth. He loved her in a way that Cecil would never be able to. He saw the real her in Florence, the woman wanting independence, the woman wanting adventure and romance. Cecil wanted her to be another fancy thing on his shelf, another thing he could show off to his friends. For the next few days, Lucy thought over George's words, unable to deny the truth in them. George had seen her, had truly seen her for who she was. No one had ever done that before. She'd have to be a fool to give that up. With no remorse, she ended her engagement to Cecil. Several months later, 
Lucy stood in the very same church in Florence that she had visited on her first trip. It was another rainy day outside, only this rainy day was even more important than the last. She stood at the altar in a wedding dress, with George right beside her. It was just them and the priest. They listened to the flickering candles and the pitter-patter, 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 pitter-patter of rain dancing across the roof which had stood the test of time. They exchanged their vows in soft whispers, gazing into each other's eyes as they did so. Months ago on that rainy day, where she slipped on his jacket, they could never have imagined they would end up here, devoting themselves to each other for all of eternity. After their vows, the two journeyed out of the church, passing by rows and rows of stained glass and flickering candles. When they emerged into the courtyard, they discovered the rain was coming down in a hazy mist. Somewhere, someone was playing piano in the safety and warmth of their home. The sound echoed through the courtyard, a slow, romantic song on a perfectly romantic day. George bowed and asked Lucy if she'd care for a dance. With a smile, Lucy took his hand in hers. The two danced in the courtyard in the rain. The streets were completely empty, and they had the entire city to themselves as they spun and laughed in each other's arms. Lucy ran her hand through her husband's hair, giggling as they slowly soaked to the bone, and yet they were the happiest they had ever been. They danced for one song, then another, then another. Gradually, people started to watch the show, whispering about how precious the couple in the courtyard was. In that moment, dancing in the rain just after their wedding, Lucy realised how truly beautiful life can be. And that night, she slipped into a nice warm nightgown and curled up next to her husband. She knew she was in for an incredibly beautiful life. The fire crackled beside them as they slowly drifted to sleep in each other's arms. Just outside their window was a view of the river. Quite a view, indeed. I hope you've enjoyed this story and it has helped you reach a night of peaceful and relaxing sleep. Please join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. <laughs>